What up? What up? It's quarter to 11 a.m. It is Monday, the 25th of January. 2021. And, uh, as you guys know, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, Monday. But, considering the fact that I didn't do anything, didn't record anything Friday, didn't record anything Saturday, didn't record anything Sunday, I got a, a truckload of shit to talk about today. Not necessarily right now, but throughout the day. Hopefully, if things go well, I plan on breaking this down three parts. But, uh, Kicking it off. Matter of fact, let me see my phone. That way I can go over what I'll be talking about throughout the day. So. Alright. So. I think right now. We'll talk about the responsibility of development. Responsibility of development. And what it breaks down to is your general responsibility to know your surroundings, know what to do, what not to do, your pros and cons. That is the responsibility of development. Most men know about this, especially men who reach their mid-20s, early 30s. They know about the responsibility of development. What's interesting is women they know it, but they choose not to involve themselves in that responsibility of developing themselves. So they would need men or they would, leave, they would need large groups of women to help develop themselves. All right. A couple funny stories that I came across. And this will be not even 50-50, a little less. Which, by the way, this is the red pill party. What the fuck? <laughs> this is it's still kind of early. It's a Monday. You know, it's a Monday, so... I am Jersey Judah. This is the Red Pill Party Podcast. But this will be partly response to a lot of the videos I've seen the past weekend. I didn't do a lot of recording. I didn't do a lot of content creating because I was watching a lot of my favorite content creators. One guy, he always has stories when it comes to uh, relationships better bachelor talks about a lot of breakups and how men miraculously did this miraculous when it comes to recovery but it's usually the other way around so women in a lot of cases end the relationship so let me give you an example just saw this video 15 minutes ago so apparently you know, this guy 
was such a failure to this woman, right? She was with this guy who apparently lost his job, lost his father, so after that he started gaining weight. You know, started gaining weight and um she wasn't trying to have it anymore. She saw this guy as a loser. But then again, let me remind you guys something. This is a relationship that was three years. So after three years, she finally came to the conclusion that this guy's a loser. She came to the conclusion that this guy wasn't trying to better himself. So she did what she think that she should have done, which was leave, right? So she leaves. Three-year relationship gone because of those main factors. So after three years, when the guy loses his job, you did. After three years, think about this. Um, the weight gaining thing, that's a bit, that's understandable in my opinion. Understandable. The job thing, not so much. The lack of support in a lot of these relationships are telling. But anyway, the guy leaves. Or the guy's left, I should say. Decides, alright. Let me worry about me. Right? He goes, let me worry about me. Let me get a new job. He ends up getting a career. Ends up getting back into shape. Ends up taking care of himself. And throughout his day, this random day, he runs into his ex. And the story is, you may think that they get back together. You may think he curbs her and says, no, you had your chance before. Not the case. Now, she's angry at the guy. She's mad because while he was with her, he wasn't doing all of these great things. He wasn't bettering himself. You know, he didn't dress well. He didn't look well. She wasn't happy for him because she wasn't happy herself, even after the relationship. Because remember, let me remind y'all something. I didn't mention this. She's 34 years of age. 34 years of age. So she's not a spring chicken. She can't just jump out of that old relationship and that old fling and go with the next guy. The older you get, the older you get as a woman, the less desirable you become. That is just the facts. Now, there are exceptions to the rule. Uh, we can look at these older uh you know, desperate housewives who are in their 40s still have good looks, but these aren't women that men would generally want to cohabitate with or get into um, long-term relationships with. Alright? So, she's mad at this man for pretty much upgrading on this bitch. He upgraded by himself. And see, this is the interesting thing. Women need somebody to upgrade a lot of women today need or feel that they need a man to upgrade them a lot of women today aren't taught they weren't taught to work for what you want 
stop depending on men. Stop depending on things around you and start looking in with you to get what you want in life. They don't believe that. And if they do believe it, they're blinded by the um, the outlook and the opinion of society where a man ends a three-year or he gets dumped out of a three-year relationship and he is actually the one who's in charge. This is because the older women get, the less desirable they become. The more men age, right? With age comes experience. Now that's seen as a good thing on one end and seen as a bad thing on the other end. I'm going to explain it. With age comes experience for the man. You understand? Um, the choices that he's made are the moves that he's making becomes to be it becomes more of an importance to him. Right? So he's gonna focus more on bettering him on bettering himself in the long run. Now, women, when you say age means experience. Yeah, it's the same deal, but it's not good. A woman with quote-unquote experience would, in essence, be uh, the girl that runs the streets, the girl that's been around. The street worker, the prostitute. Then you got flunkies and men who choose to participate with that type of behavior these would be the men who these would be the men who wouldn't upgrade without her these are the men who feel hopeless without the woman this is the man who doesn't make progress due to that this is the man that even if he was in a relationship with the woman if the woman came back, it probably wouldn't be to get back from. But it shows you what a three-year relationship does to either party. Let's face it, three years isn't a short period of time, especially with another person. And I mean consistently. Three years, that's 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 like a, that's a lot of years for a relationship in my opinion this is coming from me a 32 year old who doesn't really look at relationships as of much importance at all right but most of these dudes very few women look at relationships as the end all be all And it's more men because there's more of a desperation with a lot of these guys, these incels or whatever the fuck you want to call them, TFL guys. Um, they're always, um, they're always looking at relationships as something more exclusive to what they really are. A lot of people will say. 
lot of men, well, not a lot, I would say a lot of red pill men will say that most women are around you to waste your time. Another video I like to address and do a response to. Um, from Darius, aka uh, Darius MGTOW, used to be on, it used to be called Darius MGTOW on Facebook. But something happened, I think he just called it Darius Media. And he has a podcast. I listen to it every now and then. But the best one, I, and I say it's the best one because it's comical. I don't necessarily believe it 100%, but I do find it to be something that's worth thinking. It's something that that's actually uh, fair, even though it's outrageous, it's fair that people think about it. So, the lack of relationships or the lack of interaction actually puts you in a better position or in a better spot to be able to be in a relationship. Especially if you're a woman. If you're a woman and you haven't been around and you still got looks and you're not fucking poisoned by the well of feminism, then it's going to be quite easy for you to find a partner. Now, is it a partner that you would specifically choose? No. But there will be options knocking at your door. If you're a woman, and I hate to be prejudiced, but we're only using this as a generalization or, or more or less as an example. If you got a chick, whether white, black, whatever, sleeve tattoos, piercing has that appearance that tells you that she's probably been around. These are the group of women that become less trustworthy in the long run. I don't see why people are shocked and surprised to see a bigger, larger percentage of men leave the scene. They're leaving the scene. We're out of here. Right? We've took it off going our own way, we're reaching new heights, whatever, however people want to describe it. With me, it was just the ultimate, it was just the ultimate uh, realization that I didn't give a shit about the, like, sugar-coated bullshit, you know, the polished-up BS. It's always mentioned in a lot of relationships. If you watch uh, a lot of these broads, if women are watching this, I'm sure they've watched the romantic comedies. It's like the same. It's like the same scheme, the same strategy. You as a guy, you're being told to take care of a woman who's already been um, corrupted by society. Sexually corrupted by the men of her choosing. And guys still sign up. They still subscribe to that belief that by doing this, (coughs) and a lot of men will say, yeah, well, 
you know, forget about her past or not worrying about her past and only worrying about the present and the future. All this corny shit, right? All this corny shit at the end of the day. You still the fool that's putting your neck on the line. Women don't take risks. Women don't make risks. I mean, they don't take risks in, in dating and relationships. They make risks. Some some cases they make risks. Other cases they make rules. That's the best way I can describe it. And what I mean by making risks, she's setting... She's like walking the line. And she's on that edge of promiscuity or she's trying to have her cake and eat it too while still being in a relationship type of situation. This is where these type of women come from. And with the dating market, it's high expectations. In the relationship market, she's essentially looking for a stuntman. This is the guy that's going to make all of the risk or these are the guys that's going to take all of the risk that she makes once again she'll she'll make risk for one, for one group of guys and she'll make rules for another group of guys these are still guys that she'll choose to date at one point or, one point or another but her mindset from being the girl who's conceited are the promiscuous woman are the defeated woman the woman who hit the finish line the woman who hit the wall and uh, it's all the same result so she can at one point in her life she can look at and it's always ass backwards it's always the women who take all the risk in the beginning of it all who are further corrupted down the line remember that instead of being the quote unquote innocent chick you know little prude shy don't interact with a lot of men don't interact with a lot of women that type of situation is different the average chick and sure you can look at you can look at a lot of media for this free influence but there's still the people who have to live the lifestyle and I think throughout time and you can look within 20 years now or even 30 close to 30 um, you can notice the change on how society as a whole influences the youth there was never really a separation between the 14, 15, 16, and 17 year olds to really the 18 year olds when it comes to information and influences by society. So even within you know the 2000s where certain things like marijuana was looked at as like heroin, cocaine, that youth, the youth still resorted to a lot of stimulants and a lot of chemical drugs. And a good part of the United States of America. <laughs> you know, regardless of how 
great a lot of people want to believe that we live or um, we tend to forget that there's other um, land beyond our eyesight and beyond maps of different people who live completely different lifestyles under different circumstances. And I think everybody, including men, we we take that for granted long run in society. I don't really like what the country represents. I never did like what the country represents. Because when the country was represented in that fashion, blacks, Hispanics, Asians were the ones, you know, responsible for the railroads and all that crazy shit. So they always had a little spot in the country, as well as the Indians. But during the time of what the United States is, is supposed to stand for, it didn't, it didn't involve us. I hate to say that. And I don't, I don't say this to separate myself. I'm just saying it to be honest. So. With Western civilization, we're almost like the epicenter of all the bullshit that happens. And then at the same time, you'll see a lot of the men's group scattered in Australia, scattered in the UK, um, you know, scattered out in Ireland, scattered in all these different areas on the planet. Because even even with all this bullshit with the countries and the flags and whatever, there's still people that live on these countries. And if anything, if any common, uh, if any common denominator that, that equates this situation would be that there are people who don't speak our language, who may still go through the same situations, maybe even worse, and it's that ability for certain people to reach out uh, beyond any any group per se, any religion, any particular race, even though I mentioned a very good point about this country when it comes to black people. I don't use the term African-American. I'm not saying that black people have zero ancestry within Africa, but I believe that just like the Europeans, right, just like the European was able to be multi-cultural uh, in a lot of situations, depending on areas within Europe, you know what I mean? If you're going into different places within in, in Europe, you have a lot of people who say they're mixed within nationalities or within races within Europe. But in that same essence, uh, blacks have a lot of, or a good amount of ancestry in those places, whether they want to admit it, like it or not. That being said, the idea of development situation as a guy 
being able to not partake in a lot of bullshit even though on a day to day basis you know bullshit is just an everyday routine whatever they tell you about what's happening understand that it is their interpretation of what they want you to think is happening. It's not the grand scheme. It's not what's really going on. The country wouldn't be able to tell us what's really going on because there's so much secrecy and there's so much treachery behind, behind the doors of certain groups that we look at as presidents of the United States, certain people who are involved in fucking weird societies that people don't know about. You know, there's no reason to get into the specific name because that's not really what this episode is all about. It's only an example. Development of self and surrounding. If, if you're only about self-development, or this idea of self-empowerment, then logically, you wouldn't be around influences of anything other than. You would automatically set yourself aside um, from certain circumstances and situations that really don't uh, pertain to you in any way, shape, or form. So you kind of, you're kind of able to weed through all of the bullshit and not really be a part of the gossip circle and all that fucking corny shit. I think they were talking about cancel culture on the news. I believe it was Fox. I think it was two nights ago. And it's funny because you know, here you have Fox, right? Who are pretty much one and the same with CNN. Of course, they have the opposite views on a lot of topics, most topics, most situations, most political stances and views as a whole. They still had that same um, programming. You know what I mean? They still have those same. Um, constructs that fit the narrative of really never informing the people, always giving a narrative, always giving their spin on things. Is that really happening? No. It's like looking at Fox before the election. There was sort of a weird, there was a weird energy where for a lot of people who were speaking on Fox on the election, they seemed to not really care either way if Biden wins or Trump continues to get four extra years. And a lot of people were shocked by that. I, for one, was never shocked by that. Uh, Trump doesn't have a 
political backbone, meaning he was a good president, but he didn't have enough influence politically to really carry him another four years. Now, he had a good amount of people, especially those in, um, uh, in the Democratic category who actually began to support Trump, but I think it was too late. And I think the grand scheme of 2020 was pulled off in such a slick fashion that by the time people really understood what was happening, it was pretty much time for the inauguration. And um, I guess this Patriot Party there is a rumor, I'm going to say. I'm not sure if this is 100% true or not. But um, there's this rumor that says uh, Trump is creating a party called the Patriot Party, ladies and gentlemen. I'm hoping it's like an eagle or some shit. It's not like a fucking an animal. Like a real, you know. It's like a fucking... Uh, Eagle or some shit. This was supposed to be, I guess, his response. I guess 2024 is him choosing to create his own party. Like I said, independent, he ain't doing shit. He's not going to be, um, he's not going to be a uh, independent elect president. That's not going to happen. There was actually a lot of people that was excited or that thought that it was a possibility that even if he mentioned 2024, he's going to go that route. You know what I mean? They thought the independent thing was going to work out and he was actually going to go that route. And I don't see that working out. I mentioned that that nigga was not going to get um, any form of uh, acknowledgement by an independent view because the independent view really ain't shit. It's only but like 9% of every average vote when it comes to an election. It's 9%. That's like not even close to what the general vote is either party now Republican isn't going to work out for him um, the Republican party um, didn't like Trump to begin with I want people to pay attention they didn't view this guy as um, anything important to begin with you know what I'm saying and it just so happened that when he won there were a couple people who are willing to go Oh, all right. You know, we'll support him. At least he's a Republican. That's how they looked at him at first. Then he started doing things that kind of went against the GOP. And then, of course, a lot of people acknowledged the the backstabbing that took place. But like I said, I don't really see too much of a narrative changing. 
and um, if they choose if they choose to go along with the narrative of Trump and I'm, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful but I'll put it to you this way if Trump becomes um, somebody to compete with 2024 there is a possibility that certain individuals who were generally vote Republican or anything other than Democrat who supported Trump 2016 will pretty much come back full circle that's probably going to be what's hap- what, what happens. And these can be people who are conservative, who may consider themselves quote-unquote patriots. That may be just a title, which it sounds, I mean, pretty legit. I think Trump can pull it off. And if if it happens, I'll be, I'll be pretty excited about it because I get to see a lot of these lefties cry and bitch and complain again. Because on my narrative, I never really did that. And I never looked at, um, you know, a quote-unquote party as anything that's considered a group, anything that's looked at as um, something that can really be meaningful and effective as well. So really, that's just the just of, you know, the people who consider themselves, I guess, patriots, they'll be the ones to go along with what Trump is planning, allegedly. As I stated, the four years wasn't bad in my opinion, so you're not going to get a one-sided viewpoint that being said going forward going to 2024 who knows what will happen so that's the just of that there's something else I want to talk about as well and this recording is actually very awkward because I actually paused it you know a little bit after 12 and I figured I'll continue to take over on the way to work and finish this off I want to talk about the uh, 22 convention. That is right. Not to get confused with the 21 convention. The 21 convention is, I guess, the men's convention. I wouldn't say it's red pill, really. I wouldn't say it's MGTOW at all. I wouldn't say it's a group of men with different viewpoints that come together and they speak. And a lot of people, a lot of men purchase the tickets. And with this 22 convention, this is supposed to be involving women. And I want to give you my little opinion. Um, The 21 convention and a lot of uh, information from 21 Studios were um, a lot of the information I've grasped in the beginning. But throughout the years... For a lot of people who pay attention to that scene, there has been a divide, I guess, and a lot of people, uh, with, of course, Rolo Tomasi and I forgot the other guy's name, man, but the other guy is responsible for 21 Studios. And these guys, 
had issues. And um, of course, the result would be, I guess, a divide within the, um, is it Anthony Johnson? I want to say Anthony Johnson. I can be very, I can be incorrect. I can be uh, incorrect with that, but I'm going for that. The divide of the 21 convention and the people who partook in the 21 convention, and more importantly, the people who participated in the 21 studios, and I didn't, I wasn't really the biggest fan with their product at the end. I stopped uh, following. But the women convention is something that's you know, kind of comical, I hate to say, because there is a make, make women great again catchphrase for the 22 convention, which of course is, you know, stemming from the Donald Trump's Make America Great Again. And I wouldn't make fun of it, or I wouldn't look at it as comical if it didn't have that make women great against slogan. Especially for a group of people who are pretty much conservative, but they don't tend to mention politics much at all. They don't really mention politics. And I guess these women, I guess this, this is the same concept of Hill, but different. So apparently, the people who show up are still guys, I guess. They're still men speakers, but they're speaking to women. So, uh, it's always uh, comical when I mention this. Uh, there's not really much to say about it. It just shows you that eventually women will come around, but Unfortunately, when most of these women come around to that point, it's usually too late. You know, it's usually too late. You know, there's not really much uh, left to do um, from that point on, except, I guess, watch and enjoy, you know? Like I said, instead of your traditional uh, 21 convention, for those who don't know, I'm going to remind people, it's like a, it's like a big seminar with a group of guys who may have similar things in common, but may be extremely different when it comes to certain subjects. have like a good group of people they'll show up um, certain speakers some guys who may be known for books, other guys who may be known for channels and other guys who just may be known for spreading that sort of information for men will now be considered a 22 convention where the same um, ideas pretty much being embraced now by women. And I'm not sure how that's going to be ran. And 
like I said, I think the last 21 convention that I've seen was the year 2016. That may have been the last one that I've seen. And it wasn't 2016. I've seen it. I've seen the 2016 uh, 21 convention around 2018. So, I'm not what you would consider a huge fan of the 21 convention. Um, a lot of the speakers, they're sort of all associated and they're in that same little network. Not really a huge fan. But, I do find a lot of the information could be valuable to other people. I'm not going to be one of the people that say something is bad because I don't like it. I refuse to be like one of those guys who will, I guess, talk about the growth and progress of organizations in a negative light entirely because I don't agree with it. I'm just saying when you're adding women to this particular topic and issue, although the topics for a lot of our conversations surround and involve women, it's not something that is top priority moving forward. It's a talking point simply from what we know, what we've learned from the past. And who knows, maybe the 22 convention will be something that's uh, very popular, something that people will, uh, you know, something that people will take serious. And with a lot of women, something that will be followed and something that will be looked at um, in a more serious light going forward. Uh, what I'm saying right now is, you know, the group, which is 21 Studios, is pretty much a group. They had, you know, a couple setbacks. A couple people within the group didn't really come to an agreement on certain things, or maybe I heard it was a money situation. There was a lot of things going on with these groups that kind of broke up what people would know as the 21 convention and the traditional cast. Other people just moved on. I think that tends to happen as well because if you have if you have the same episodes and if you have the same content that's like last week's content or yesterday's content it's going to be noticeable. So even on Mondays, why do something called Manosphere Monday? It's a topic that uh, affects the Manosphere, but it's not the same topic involving the Manosphere, or at least what people look at as the Manosphere. Um, when you incorporate women directly into these types of discussions, they're can be a mixture of issues and problems that can occur. When the red pill becomes more of an open discussion among men, you can at least be sure that it won't reach out 
gossip like fashion. When it comes to women, especially with MGTOW, and especially this this lack of participation with men in dating, it's more of a reason for these women, in my opinion, to get involved in a 22 convention. You know what I mean? To get involved in this uh, convention of females where they're trying to understand what's going on within the dating and relationship world. And how can they be better off? And see, guys, we're kind of used, a lot of us are used to the position that we're in. You know, we're used to uh, being in that position where, in a lot of cases, when it comes to dating, we naturally don't have the upper hand as it is. So, if we encounter this with relationships and dating, rather than just information, we would possibly be in the same position as a lot of women are today. And that's not to say that a lot of men are not in those positions. A lot of them are in those positions. You know what I'm saying? A lot of them are dealing with the consequences and repercussions of involving yourself too much into women and relationships. None of these guys are really willing to learn long-term the effects, but they'll still put themselves in those situations. Women, entirely the same, yet entirely different. See, a good story, traditionally, in dating and all that is guy with a lot of women. A bad situation in dating, or better yet, future dating, would be a woman with a lot of guys. Why do I say this? Because men who are known to be with a lot of women are attracted, are attractive, I should say, to women. Women see a guy who can carry himself accordingly and who's known to be with a lot of women is actually seen as a good thing towards women. If we flip the script and say a woman who's known to be with a lot of guys, a woman who's known to be in a lot of men's circles, that's usually not an attractive thing. With age comes experience with a lot of men. With age comes maturity, financial, um, emotional maturity. With women, experience comes with baggage. Her experiences are equated to baggage.
I don't know what just happened with my headphones. Christ, here we go. All right, hopefully I'm being heard here. This this never happens. My headphones are actually on 100%. My Bluetooth headphones. That usually never happens where my shit just automatically turns off, but it is what it is. But I think you're going to see as much as there's going to be a surrendering process when it comes to women in dating and her idea of a perfect match within dating, there's going to be a reality check for a lot of women who believe that they're entitled to certain people. There's going to be a reality check where those people who expect so much finally realizes that they have very little to nothing to offer to a guy in that high standard position, that quote unquote high value position. And I may have to reiterate a couple things because that's what I do here a lot. But I feel it's necessary to do so. See, women always view a high quality man within means of income, which rightfully so, if you're thinking about literally high quality, high value, with women, it's means of production. With men, it's means of beauty. Two different things, but they essentially go hand in hand in a lot of ways. It's the masculine and feminine qualities. The masculine man, the working man, the physical man, the man who's about getting things done. The feminine woman, the feminine woman who's nurturing and caring and she's very delicate with the things that she does and she's very careful of the things that she does and she's careful of the things that she says. You're not going to really find too much of that with a lot of women. And with guys, and guys doing what they're doing, in a lot of cases, not necessarily being productive. You know, not really being involved much in bettering himself. It's the same reaction. So these will be the guys who complain about, in a lot of cases, good women, bad women, and not taking the time to evaluate themselves. Doing so makes difference, makes a big difference in the long run. If you choose to just blame things around you without taking focus, without putting yourself involved in that accountability, putting, putting, putting yourself accountable for your actions. I don't honestly think that there's much room for development. Your ideas and your thoughts are all mixed up and it's preventing you from really truly reaching your full potential and other things around you rather just women and dating. But women 
they can do they can use the double standards. They can go from one minute saying they don't need a man to the next minute complaining that there's not enough men in the dating market. You see? They can they can shift um, back and forth. They don't have to uh, stay on one particular subject or go one particular path and be dedicated. A lot of women just aren't used to dedication in things or dedication in people. There's a dependency in people, but there's no dedication within people. Um, there's no real dedication and a process of um, creating and forming a lot of relationships through communication. Her lack of communication skills through means of verbal communication or social media speaks a lot. She wants all of the things, but she's not really willing to put in much effort into it. In her in her mind, talking of it is as much effort as it takes for her to get it. But she's always the person who's left without. Uh, these will be the women later on who will complain about um, the lack of considerate men. But the men who were considerate to her were the men who were let down the most, the men who was mistreated and manipulated the most, and the men who were pretty much lied to the most. There's really little to no excuses. When you talk about digression of male and female progress in society. You can't blame COVID for everything. Can't blame COVID for everything. Men who are leaving the dating market are simply leaving the dating market because they don't see much value in the dating market. And with high-value women, as I was speaking on with high-value men, that comes with a different task. That is a different field. That is entirely a different woman compared to the high-value men. If if you're looking at um, what a high-value woman is and what she represents... Look at the things that she does for a living. Look at the people who she's with or the lack thereof people she's with. You know, look at her progress. Look at her ups and downs. And a lot of these women, they're not ashamed to tell you that they fucked up. They didn't take advantage of certain situations that they had. That's usually not a heavy task for them to do. For them to admit their wrongdoing. It's not much of a task. Now, what's interesting is that accountability disappeared. So now that responsibility that a lot of these women felt that they had to own up to 
they're being told by another group they're being told by feminists that they don't need to in fact they don't need a man right this is a lot of women today they feel they don't need a man but these become the same women who later on complain that there's not enough men in the dating market and if they don't tend to understand that in a lot of cases they were the, they were the ones who got the guys away from the market these were the women that were talking about they didn't need a man they're not looking for a husband. They're not looking for a committed relationship. They're not looking for commitment at all. They want resources because they're women. And guess what? That becomes a bad uh, mixture when you got guys who want to be in relationships, more guys who don't want to be involved in the search for women. They may want to settle down. And then a lot of guys just simply want to go their own way. They don't look at that. They don't look at the process of searching as something that's fulfilling as, as what other people tell them. You know, other people tell them that, yeah, there's somebody out there for you. There's this and that. (coughs) And there's guys who may have certain qualities and they feel that they in fact should be with somebody who appreciates them. But unfortunately the world doesn't work that way. Alright. So in the same way Kevin Samuels got on the women with this attitude I got to get on the men who has this type of attitude where they have the same Disneyland, Disney World dynamic. And we're about 30 minutes or maybe 25 to 30 minutes into this. But they feel that because they do all of these good things for women, they pedestalize women, they worship a lot of women. They feel that they are entitled to, not entitled, but they're more humble about it, but they're also bitter. A lot of men, you have to understand that there's a lot of men who actually treat women with respect, who actually appreciate a woman's company, and that's not being a sin. Appreciating a woman's company is not being a sin. It's what you are doing to achieve that, right? But... These men do all the right things, right? But all the right things don't mean nothing to the low-hanging fruit. Hey, listen. There's women that are willing to be abused. Physically abused, emotionally abused. As long as the man is bringing home the income. Now, that should say a lot about a lot of women. They are willing to be abused physically, emotionally. 
in relationships as long as the money is coming in. Meanwhile, the guy who's taught to work hard for his, he makes a good amount of money, but it may not be enough for the woman's means and what she sees that a man should have. And see, that's, that's what always... I hate to use this word, but it is 2021, so fuck it. It always triggers me when a woman, when women talk about, or when a woman, a woman, will talk about what a man should have. Not knowing what the man had to do, not knowing about the hard work that that man's involved with to get what he has. You know, the unsatisfied, spoiled, arrogant woman will assume a position for a man. She won't be able to compromise or sacrifice anything of herself. But she wants progress and change to be affected within the man. She's willing, of course, to criticize, talk down to the man, talk down to men entirely because she's bitter because she never had any male role model, any father growing up in her household. So she's just taught by her single mother that belittling men is okay. It's totally fine. But when a woman, when a man talks about you, don't, don't, don't tolerate it. This is the mindset that a lot of women have today. Certain guys like myself, I've dealt with these women before, which is why I don't tolerate them today. I honestly would rather not even communicate with these women. Some of these women are good looking. That doesn't take away the fact that they're not willing to pair bond. That doesn't take away the fact that um, they're not willing to compromise or really sacrifice anything in order for her to have her picture-perfect relationship. Now, the guy who's focused in general, he would be willing to compromise. He would be willing to sacrifice certain things to have that relationship. Because the man, in a lot of ways, is almost programmed by society to do so. To be the breadwinner, to be the provider, to be the person who brings in income, to be the person who still who still maintains frame within the interactions of the relationship, and the person who still has a say when it comes to things transpiring in the relationship and in things around the relationship. Guys aren't willing, in a lot of cases, to put themselves in that position to deal with a woman of that um, level and see it as anything beneficial. And not to mention, these type of women are on all the dating apps Just like the guys who are trying to smash, there's just women who are trying to come up by means of income. 
you know, by means of status to an extent. And if you go into looks, money, and status, we're talking more of the money department. And because they're not really in that particular game for a relationship, it doesn't matter if it's a highly attractive guy. She may have, she may, she may catch feelings for him, but she's not able to maintain any real relationship that's committed and that involves compromising. Rather than compensate, they compromise. Unfortunately, most women compensate out of relationships and do not compromise. So by the end of the relationship, she has all of these gifts and all of this money that's already spent on things that she already has that this man helped upgrade her to. So when she leaves, all of all of the gifts remains in her favor. Not saying that any of these guys should ask for those things back, but I'm just using that as an example going forward in relationships and dating. Simply put, even in dating, the same circumstances exist. In fact, dating, those circumstances come right away. You're trying to take this chick who's like an eight out. You're going to be spending the money. You're going to be involved in the transportation. You're going to be involved in the idea of having to carry the entire date, carry the entire conversation to put yourself in a higher position at the end of the night. To have her outlook or her thoughts of you change by the end of her night. By the end of the night in general, I should say. But there's always an issue and there will always be an issue with, I think, society as a whole. Like, society really becomes a factor when it comes to dating because you have those, like I addressed in the article last week, those who don't look at dating as much of a thing that is pressuring them within society. Then there's other people who directly blame society for the pressure. And with women, it's obvious. I mean, if you pay attention to what's going on within media, the transition from the uh, Me Too movement to pretty much this era where everything is full circle. So you see all of these celebrities, right? Even Ben Affleck and his uh, split up, Kanye West and his divorce coming or, or whatever. Even the guys of high status are taking hells. But then on the opposite end, in the so-called reality of YouTube, you'll have women who complain about their past and all of the mistakes they've made with men. There's like a construction site. Let me see if I can. 
don't think that's going to help much, but it is what it is. I'm going to finish this off anyway. It is 2.07, but going forward, the women that you see now on social media who maybe five years ago has a college video or she may be seen with her friends on the beach talking about she's having the time of her life and YOLO and one guy can't satisfy her. She has to involve herself with multiple men. In her party years, when she gets older in her 30s, her party years says a lot about her when it comes into her future relationships and interactions. You cannot deny these things. Of course, she can. She can tell you that she was innocent. She didn't really have that much experience. But going out to the clubs and to the parties every weekend and going to the beach every summer and getting smashed out left and right catches up when she gets older. She may not even tell you these things. You can just sense it. I'm telling you, a lot of these damaged women, it doesn't take much to know that they're damaged. Rather than men who are just retarded. They'll just call themselves incels and say they don't have a problem with women, but they consider themselves incels. Like, that's their name. Involuntary celibates. Like, that's their name. That's their identification within society. And feminists are the same way. The same irony of it's about being equal and it's about us being appreciated, but they spend most of their times looking, dressing, and acting like men, having the same hatred that a so-called misogynist would have, but their level of misandry goes beyond um, any form of hatred that you can display towards the opposite gender. Here I speak on thought bots, low-hanging fruit, um, bottom shelf Beckys and Brenda's, and just the opposite end of the simp beta male. These would be considered beta women because remember, we talk about this a lot, or we've talked about this a lot recently. Um, with this idea of the alpha female, there would have to be the beta female. And beta females aren't even considered beta, I would say, because most men will still smash. Women would still do the same thing, but with women, it's entirely different than men. Men will tell you, oh yeah, I smashed, you know, a couple of women that weren't necessarily attractive. But women won't necessarily be as up, upcoming about that. She won't be, she won't really come out with that directly. Most of these women get ran, get ran on, I hate to say it, at an early age. Listen, me and my boy could talk for two hours about one scenario. I wasn't there. He was there. 
but one of the broads got so fucked up that she just started fucking the vacuum cleaner. She started running around naked. And this was at, this was in like the ninth grade, man. Like this is how wild my generation was coming out and coming on to high school. You know what I'm saying? Like crazy. And there was a situation involved legal matters that I can talk about now, but I won't mention any names or any specifics. But there was a legal matter involved because somebody had filmed it. And apparently this was a big event. This was at least 20, 25 people in one house. So who knows who got the video, but everybody ended up seeing it. And this was just the beginning I, like I said, I wasn't there, but I was in the ninth grade at that time. And, there, and my boy was in the ninth grade, but he went to the school in my in my city. I ended up going to a vocational school in high school about four or five towns away. But even then, that's like 2002. That was the beginning of the crazy shit that I began seeing as I got older dealing with women and then getting in relationships with women and then the more relationships I got in the more realizations and the more learning experiences I've grasped along the way to a point that I don't really participate in that um, form of human interaction meaning I don't talk badly about people who do. In fact, a lot of my topics involve dating and relationships. I just feel in my particular position in life and with my state of mind, my toleration for women have been bare minimum. On a professional level, bare minimum. You know what I'm saying? And this isn't to talk bad about all women. It's just my particular position at the moment. See, a woman can tell you she doesn't need a man, this and that, but she'll still insult. I'm not really disrespecting women, but the thoughts and the low-hanging fruit have to be recognized on on real reasons why we do not date. We do not choose that path of downloading an app. creating a profile and expecting something worthy to come along. That's like the, that's like the genie way of thinking that something can appear from just you hoping and and wishing and not being willing to focus on yourself and focus on the tasks that you have to complete. But that's usually the situations where men sink or swim the men who swim the men who understand this information and understand the red pill they can maintain in relationships they can even participate in that hunt of marriage I don't 
personally judge the men who get involved in those activities. I just look at the activity as something I wouldn't want to be involved in. I don't oppose men who are in those situations because, to be honest, in certain circumstances, unless they're my siblings, my brothers, I don't know a lot of men who are in marriages and who have kids with the woman and who's still with the woman. That's just me being honest. I know a lot of other guys can say the same exact name. You don't really see a lot of solid relationships today because of where everything is at. There's no there's no fair ground, in other words. So you can be a guy who's ambitious about the idea of meeting a woman, being with a woman, so on and so forth. You have that drive. You have everything that it would take to maintain in that relationship. And you're actually in that mindset to do it. Okay. You're going to come across women who pick that up instantly, but they're not going to take it seriously in the way that you see it. They'll take it seriously because they see you as someone that they can waste a certain amount of time with. Now, does that mean women choose to be in relationships that they know aren't going to work out? I'm not sure. But I've noticed in recent times with a lot of relationships and dates and interactions have become slim because the guy in a lot of cases is, is beginning to wake up. Now, the moves he makes becomes more precise. It becomes more direct. You know, he's no longer distracted and he can finally make his moves in peace. With women, their silence is their worst enemy. They need spectators. They need people to vent to. They need people to be emotional with. They can't necessarily run the field and go through the everyday routine by themselves. You know what I'm saying? They need that support system to tell them that they can do it. And it becomes more prevalent today because guys... We don't really give a shit about that. We're used to not having it, so we don't think about it. Recognition for just everyday routines is just, to us, pointless. It doesn't make anything better. It doesn't put more money in our pocket. Women still want to be recognized, even if it's for absolutely nothing. So, you know, they're willing to essentially sell themselves out more quicker than a man and I'll give you a I'll give you the best example I can while I'm wrapping up this episode. So let's look at a drug addict. So a man, a male drug addict and a female drug addict. The female drug addict and let's say these are two people who are equally attractive. They're actually fairly attractive. 7 or 8 max sexual market value. The drug use <laughs> And the means of getting drugs become slimmer for a man because regardless of how attractive the man is, he's not going to be out there selling his body to get what he needs. 
he'll have to suffer in a lot of cases unless he has money. The women, in a lot of cases, they're willing to trick themselves out to receive those drugs. And the more she does that, well, when she does it the first time, her soul is eventually gone. Because she doesn't look at love and she doesn't look at sex as anything other than means. Than, than a purpose, something with a purpose, something with an outcome, something that's direct. In her case, money. In her, in her case, drugs. But she's going to be able to capitalize and get all of those things. In fact, with the man and the woman, the woman is most likely to overdose. And it has nothing to really do with the capacity of drugs. It's her access and how she gets it. The man will be the one who is sick more often because he's not able to get the drugs. The woman is more capable of getting the drugs because she is willing to give herself for that drug. She is essentially selling herself out. She loses her soul in a lot of ways. Meaning, like I said, her idea of relationships and her idea of sex are entirely different. She views sex even lower and views it as a stage of humiliation because she's reminded that she has to do these similar acts to get the drugs. So even with somebody she's, she's interested in, that act to that man is going to be more important than the act to the woman because that woman is used to that act in order to get what she needs to survive in a lot of cases, which are the drugs. Very easy, simple to break down, simple to explain, sort of a here there everywhere episode but this is manosphere monday and we we're talking about development progression the responsibility of development and the act of progression and in this off going to do a slow burn final eight minutes probably less try to make this nice and chunky because like I said Friday Saturday and Sunday throughout the weekend I was kind of just checking out other content creators and I figured I'd talk about them and you know on the way out as I'm ready to tackle the workforce full force um and get this fucking week out of the way the future episodes will be pretty much based on a lot of the videos that I check out I figure it would be something cool that I do every once in a while especially today would be a perfect example but I wasn't as direct mostly because of course I'm on the move I'm on my route to work and I don't have a chance to pull out my other phone and look up the videos that I was speaking on and possibly playing clips. That's also something that I'm going to be trying to do more in the future. Um, have it more interactive, speak on a lot of clips that I display in the beginning, a lot of the audio, and really make the episode or build the episode off of the video that I've seen. And I think I'm going to do that later on today. You know, like I said, it's a Monday. Um, I have a feeling today is going to be a light day, but 
I have a feeling this week is going to be like just like last week and the week before and pretty much since I started. But I am not complaining one bit. Um, the direct final word would be in the stage of development, there comes self-reflection. Um, there comes humility because you look in the past of a lot of the mistakes you've made and you begin to regret but at the same time you must focus on the lesson at hand and realize that it's a part of your development it's a part of your progression um dealing with bad situations um being prepared to take a loss a lot of guys aren't prepared to take that loss women aren't used to losing at all you got to understand that women aren't used to rejection they're not used to that l now there a lot of women you know get left in a relationship but that's different because it took it took commitment to have that relationship to begin with but that loss initially when it comes to trying to talk to the guy maybe she's interested and the guy saying he's not interested or the guy saying he has somebody or whatever i don't think women are capable of dealing with that rejection the way that a man deals with that rejection and that's something to think about also going forward like i said um casual bachelor better bachelor a lot of these guys are the people i'm going to be mentioning in the future um i really enjoy thinking man's templar and i think i'm going to talk a lot in light of the videos and the content that he displays and I'll be jumping back and forth with an Ibmore sort of then the MGTOW um, red pill philosophy I'll be bouncing back and forth with this of course red pill party but with all that being said I think it's time for me to go in clock in tackle this day get this shit out of the way and I'm out but until then, still dealing with the clocking process. So, once again, man, this is the Red Pill Party Podcast. This is your host, Jersey Judah. I think I'm going to upload this directly after. That's why I'm ending this a little earlier. And then I'll try to jump back on 445 slash 5 o'clock. Do something 30 to 45 minutes long. Dealing with one of the videos I'll be checking out. But until then, in the meantime and in between time, it's time to get shit done. I'm out. Peace. Jersey Judah, Red Pill Party Podcast. Show number two. Technically, I didn't get a chance to upload show number one. So when I'm done this, I have to make sure both parts will be uploaded. So this will be close to two hours total. I'm going to be putting all of the episodes together in one compilation, if you will. But as I told people, I told y'all I would be back. Show number two, and this is show number two. Now, I wanted to talk about something a 
little different than my previous topics of development. It would talk about the 22 dimension. I was thinking to myself while I was working just now. The process or the idea of class or the idea of progress to where you become involved in changing your surroundings. You reach a level of accomplishment to where now you surround yourself with others with similar accomplishments. In a narrative that never really works out in the long run. is the guy who makes all of the progress the guy who takes all of the advantages that he can out of what he has makes something good of it and then come back and try to help others and the reason why I say this is because the idea helping others is great you know if you get let's say you get a new job and you're you're able to prosper you're able to actually make true progress in your place of work and you reach a certain position and you reach a level to where you can start looking other people out that is the time that you should be the most critical when it comes to this information let alone responsibility of working and doing what you have to do and not participate in drama for a lot of people is a hard task so like when you're in that position to help someone out you have to make sure you are helping the right people failure to to do so come across a lot of users and parasites in a lot of ways. These would be the people who expect help. And the people who don't help others in the process. Now we've all been in those low moments. I've been in low moments where the people who I believed were those who were going to help me out were the ones who first left. They, they disappeared. And a big part of me wasn't really surprised because when you're in that process of development, bringing back the last topic and kind of bringing it, bringing it all together, really, you realize that there were certain situations and circumstances that you were in that you know you put yourself in. And you have to deal with those consequences and hope that you learn something in the future that prevents you from doing what you've done previously or what you've done present time. Um, These groups that I mean are these classes of people rather than just men and women are varied. Your high class individuals are not the ones who are on these dating apps. 
Now they may be, they may have high standards. You know, they may have high standards, but they're not high class in that market of really calling the shots or being in a position to where you have demands that you expect people to follow. See, guys know about the secret class system within men. We know about betas and gammas. These are more or less the low tier guys, even though money and status is not involved. It's looks and it's the attitude. So a guy who looks like a beta could be a guy with his own business making his own money. But in that secret class system that men have, and whether you look at red pill as top tier or people who are not even in the category, MGTOW, for example, by default, are people who don't go into the category because they're going their own way. So the conversation about MGTOW on Manosphere Monday wouldn't really make much sense, but it's to make a point. Even within the Manosphere, the quote-unquote Manosphere, there are guys who are on a bigger purpose that puts them in that position, that puts them in that class almost by themselves. Or very few people, very few men dwell in this space of real information. And I was checking out a lot of videos. Let me see if I can get this page without ruining this recording. Let me see, go through my history here. I was going through a couple of videos by, for one, it was Casual Bachelor, but then it's Reddit Out Loud Relationships. The channel is called Reddit Out Loud, and it's one word, capital R, and Reddit, O as in out, and L as in loud, one word, space, relationships. And these are pretty much stories from other people on the Reddit space where they talk about times when they're cheated on and times that, you know, uh, they were dumped by their ex. And if you ask me, when it comes to this conversation, these are more of the low tier guys. Or maybe, better yet, these were the guys who felt that they were in a higher position than they actually were in. See, we as men, we come to that reality very quickly. Women, I believe, it takes some time. They still have, they're still seeing stars. They're still kind of dizzy when it comes to the reality of what it is to date and interact with men. I feel that it's seen different because it is different. The guy's realization of being in a relationship and dating hits harder, in my opinion, than women. Or better yet, it just hits more, it hits quicker for men. For women, it's like a pill that she begins 
to realize the reality that she's in, but the distractions of the sisterhood, the distractions of feminism, and really just the distractions of everyday life within entertainment or celebrities prevents her from really understanding what's taking place. Of course, here we talk about the finish line and we talk about the wall. And it comes as a last-minute-ditch effort for her to right her wrongs. But by that time, it's too late. And the reason why I say it's too late, it's not... It's not... It's, it is because of her sexual past. For a lot of women who just believe the free aspect of being a woman and being a quote-unquote free spirit, these women hit the wall twice as hard because she has more regrets in the long run. She has even more regrets. She has even more moments of pain and suffering because she hasn't met the guy to quote-unquote sweep her off her feet because she's been on her back for the past 10 years. So the potential partners who show up and try to be that guy that she looks at and has feelings for, she's busy passing those guys aside. And it's not about when we talk about the quote-unquote nice guy and bad guy or bad boy discussion, but it does become a factor when her partners in the past are not long-term but short-term and flings were with guys with that same attribute. The toughness of a lot of these men to her excites her. She wants that soft relationship temporarily or she wants that guy with the same ability to be rough and tough to be caring and considerate at times she wants she hasn't felt in control of that because she's not in control she cannot control a man in the same light that maybe a more attractive woman can and the more attractive a woman is within the nature of women the more that she will expect And this isn't always the case, but I would say six out of ten times this is the case. The more you get involved with education and employment, the more you will run across women, especially in school. I never went to college. I think I picked up a subject and like ITT, and I was only there for like a year and then some change, and I was out. (coughs) It wasn't really my... I didn't feel that it was something that I would benefit from or something I would want to benefit from. But the women who go to the universities and the university lifestyle, it's a party atmosphere. Now, for a lot of people who disagree, you guys may have never went to a college party. You guys may have never went to a sorority event and you're one of the guys who were invited. 
I've been in those situations and I've been in those scenarios and those settings. And it really, at the time, I had the, I had a ball. I had a ball because it was a real party atmosphere. It was a real deal party vibe. It was a cool vibe. There wasn't any drama. <coughs> but there was a lot of sleeping around. And like I said, at the time, I didn't complain because I was one of the guys who was fortunate enough in those settings to be able to hook up with a couple of women, be able to enjoy the times that I was there and I was at these type of parties. But looking back today, it was kind of the gateway into the promiscuity that's going on today. A lot of these women who I seen at these parties and I wasn't going to any of these colleges. I would just get a random invite for a girl I knew from a previous time, probably before college, hits me up and tells me about, you know, some party that's taking place. And if I wanted to, I can show up and possibly bring, you know, you know, a friend of mine, a guy. So looking back today, it's like those women who were in that party atmosphere, not all of them, but a good amount of them, weren't able to capitalize off of a guy, off of one guy, because they were trying to get as much as they can from multiple guys. And the side effects are as follows. They call it the broken heart um, syndrome. And what it is, it's, it's the idea that the woman is either met a guy, which is, this is almost uncommon. She meets a guy, falls head over heels with, in love with, um, they go through their relationship three plus years, something happens, the relationship ends, and she's never able to get over that guy. She's always looking back and trying to figure out what went wrong and why the relationship didn't work out. And, you know, these women would be, I guess they would call them uh, alpha widows, alpha widows, uh, shout out to Rolo Tomasi, the alpha widows would be the guys, these are the guys who she appreciated being with, you know, this is, this is the guy that she still thinks about, even in the common times of her dating, she's looking for that excitement. And she's looking for that level of passion. And she's looking forward to that experience similar or even better than the last man. And it's always a constant thrill-seeking experience for a lot of women. You know, the party atmosphere, you know, going to the club and being with her friends. You know, going to the dance floor. She feels empowered and she feels in control in those situations, which really she is. The more attractive she is, the more guys are going to hire. And in our society, we are told that men are the one to approach, women do not approach. And it's always funny because it reminds me of the marriage proposals now that women are getting on one knee asking for marriage. And if you ask me, I find that to be appropriate because 
These are the women who end up benefiting from the marriage you begin with. <clears throat> These are the women who initially want the marriage before the man. The man, if he's religious or he has those beliefs, he may want marriage to have children. And that marriage to him can symbolize that ability to start a family. Once again, this is like 10 out of 100 maybe men. Maybe a little sarcastic, but I'm just saying. Men don't look at marriages as the finish line. And a lot of times, of course, men look at marriages as a graveyard. And it kind of makes sense because the man <clears throat> is ultimately submitting himself to a relationship with one woman. A committed relationship. That's if you're having a normal marriage. It's not an open marriage or any crazy shit like that. The man is submitting himself to one woman. And the woman is doing the same. But see, we only... Women only mention their uh, sacrifice in marriage, which really is nothing. A lot of times in marriages, the man makes more than a woman. A woman usually doesn't make more than a guy when it comes to marriage. There's some relationships where that works, but I can sense in those type of relationships a power struggle within the woman because she feels more dominant than the man because she's making more money. I don't look at that as an asshole thing that a woman would expect that she's dominant over a man who she makes more money than. Because if we're talking about women and we're talking about the idea of relationships, material materialism becomes a part of that bond. Some women have less, some women have more. But there's a minor to major dependency on materialism. A lot of men... We have certain things, like for example, with the money we make, we buy certain things. I, for example, have really minimized any unnecessary purchasing of items and materials that I don't need. Besides food, beverage, um, cigarettes, unfortunately, you know, the occasional energy drink, which, which falls on the line of beverages. I don't spend the money that I used to spend. And which is funny because I'm making more money now. And I feel that's the best time in previous years that I would spend money. You know what I'm saying? Matter of fact, I think I should tell a story because it is a funny story. And it was a time where I was making a lot of money. And by the way, at this particular time, it's 5 p.m. So I've dragged this show from 11 in the morning to about 5 p.m. But anyway, so here's the story. All right, so there was a time, it's funny, I mentioned going to school. There was a time where I was going to ITT. I was also getting unemployment. But unemployment had called and notified that they had to suspend my benefits because I didn't have proof that I was in college. So I had to go to school, go back, because I was going in PA. You know, the school 
ITT was in PA. Matter of fact, it's right across the street from Parks. I'm not sure if that building's even there anymore, ITT, but that's where I was at. And I had to go to the office building, tell them my situation with unemployment, and show them the paperwork that they sent, and ask them if they can fax, you know, the office real quick, and let them know that yes, um, such and such, me, Jersey Judah, is a student, so on and so forth. And that happened. Just gave them the paperwork. They're like, all right, we'll get right to it. So within like three days, I come back from school. I usually go, I usually went at like 9 a.m. And I think I got home around 1.30, 2 o'clock. So I remember getting home at like quarter to two, going to my mailbox, and I see all of these unemployment envelopes. You know, the people that get unemployment, you know what I'm talking about, the, uh, the paper that you got to rip on each side to open but I see like four or five. They're all checks, right? I think I had a total of like, oh man, I got a thing. I had a total of like 2200 maybe $2,300 in checks. So I go to the bank, I cash all of these checks, by the way. You know, I'm leaving the bank with a stack of money. And at this time, damn, I don't even remember how old I was. When I was going to college, when I was going to school, probably 2011, so this close to, this is 10 years ago, so, you know, I was 22 at the time, and, you know, I had, like, 2,300 hours on me, and I was just buying stupid shit, you know, not saving really any money, but I remember the feeling that I could do it, <clears throat> and I was, I was saving I was getting things that I needed, in other words, like things that, <clears throat> in the long run, I can say I at least had. It's like now, you know, when I was getting unemployment four or five months ago from the previous job I was at, I was getting a decent, you know, livable amount of money, especially in my circumstances. You know, I don't really have um, much worries. <clears throat> financially <clears throat> excuse me so I had to uh, pretty much get as much as I could and stacked it I was able to buy the fucking Xbox One around I think May of last year and you know I ended up getting a lot of video games because at that particular time there were a lot of games <clears throat> that I wanted to play on the new, you know, the new console that I never had a chance to play. Or I may have played only a couple times on like a PS4 or like my nephew's PS4. So when I got the video game system, I ended up having, and this is no lie, I ended up having like close to 23 games and I still had five or six games on the, on the console. Cause I have, um, I have an S. X, you know, Xbox One S, <clears throat> which is mostly the idea that you can just download or purchase the game online or purchase the game within the Microsoft Store. So I had games loaded on that. So that was really one of the things besides, you know, 
some new clothes, pants, sneakers, whatever, that I would spend money on. And today, you know, making more money, I would say three times as much money I was making previously. Well, four times, technically. I'm putting more money aside because I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get a new vehicle, something, you know, affordable yet reliable. I'm thinking a pickup truck, possibly. And so I know half of what I make, I put aside. That was one of the sacrifices that I had to make to get to that level to where I didn't have to depend on much or I didn't have to depend on anything or anyone to get a task done because I'm already starting it. See what I mean? Drinking that Red Bull, man. And we're going in heavy today, man. Uh, also have some green tea. I forgot I had this. I forgot I brought this with me. Green Peak, man. I mean, Gold Peak, my bad. Green tea. This is Gold Peak tea. This is really brewed, all right? It's naturally flavored with other natural flavors, all right? But I can just... <clears throat> think back like I said especially during those times man you know I'll give you an even funnier story so this was in 2014 okay actually this is in 2013 technically but when the shit hit the fan I think it was like beginning of 2014 or at the end of 2013 so <clears throat> I was working in Jaren's people that know Jaren's the furniture store and you know my job was if somebody was looking at a couch or somebody was wanted to purchase a couch there was a tiny warehouse that was underneath the furniture store <clears throat> and in this tiny warehouse there would be an opening in the back for wherever truck comes and if they want to deliver it we would have to carry it or move it with a hand truck to the trailers and you know I was working there for like less maybe over a month close to two months possibly possibly three but this was in the same time that I started this job so I started that job maybe a week or so before Thanksgiving and I, you know, it wasn't a bad job, but it wasn't anything that I really looked at as something I would like to do long term. But during that time, I was in excellent shape. And I looked at it at that time as a workout, but long term, it became more of a, you know, situation where I was like, alright, going to work, but when I was getting paid my first check, and this is where the humor kicks in, instead of these idiots paying me $10 an hour at that time, and this was in, like I said, 2013, they were paying me 100 so the decimal point was over to the right, instead of being $10 an hour, they ended up paying me $100, so my first day, I remember starting, I think they started me 
on the beginning of payday. So I knew they told me that I was able to get a check that week. So I was like, all right, cool, whatever. I'll get like, you know, two days or whatever. And I don't think it was eight hours. I think they started me with four hours. So I would go from 12 to 4. If people needed me to move furniture, I would. If not, there would be trucks coming with couches. And there was a designated place where I had to bring them all in. So it was that rhythm through the entire day. But my first check was $800. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. I only worked about eight hours, so 800 I didn't figure it out until I got my second check. <laughs> My second check was like fucking $1,400. And I was like, uh, all right. I went to cash it. And the problem was, and see, here was the kicker. I could have continued to hustle these niggas. All I would have had to do was have that money direct deposited. If I had that money direct deposited like I have now, I would have got away with it. But I went to the same check cashing place, I think three weeks in a row, like a fucking idiot, or three paychecks in a row. And the third paycheck, the money was so high. I think it was at like seventeen, sixteen hundred dollars. The money was so high that they asked me what I did at Jared's. I just told them, yeah, I just worked there. You know, I gathered furniture, whatever. They're like, oh, okay, all right. And they contacted the job, and that's how they found out. But I had a total of close to like four G's within like two weeks. Now within like a month and a half, I was getting close to to three G's. The fourth week, I was getting like four, and that's when they caught on. But you know, I had wacky ass fucking jobs, man, that really test my patience, and now where I'm working where I'm at now uh, an environment that's a hell of a lot more comfortable you know as long as I really put my foot in and what I have to do I don't have to stress out so much or backtrack or do this and that so that's kind of something I learned in the process of you know, dealing with tasks and dealing with people at the workplace. But at that time, man, I was I was flying high. See, the first check I got. <laughs> see, back in the day, and I totally forgot that I had a PS4. I bought a PS4 during that time, and I bought. I want to say I bought like a 45 inch television, but it was one of those 45 inches that were light. It was a real light TV, but it was a humongous screen. And I just remember like, wow, being able to go to Walmart. Not, did I go? Yeah, I went to Walmart with the money and I was like, you know what? Let me see what's out. And for some reason, I didn't get an Xbox at that time. I had got a PS4. And now that I remember, this was like 2014. Actually, now that I think about it, not 2013, 2014. And I bought the wrestling game that came out that year, which was 2K15. It's something else, but I had set up, I remember setting up the PS4 
and being blown away because at that time I had the, t- the TVs with the 4K capability before any of these other niggas even heard of 4K. Like today, you know, guys are talking about, you know, 1060 resolution. We got 1260. I don't know what the fuck these guys are talking about. Oh, my bad. We got 2260. Correction. We're not even on the same level. You know, we got, we got televisions now that's crystal fucking clear. <laughs> you know what I mean? We got televisions that are crystal clear. These aren't, these aren't, you know, your little antenna pieces, man. We're talking high quality, high definition, high resolution, momentum. Video games on these, like I said, right now I got, I'm flexing with something major. I don't even know the inches, dude. It's a wide TV and it's a big TV, I can tell you that. And, you know, playing any any video game, Call of Duties, I remember playing, uh, the fuck was I playing, uh, Modern Warfare, okay, 2160, my bad, 2160 resolution television, HD, 4K, what the fuck, you name it, perfect control of brightness, contrast, Saturation, whatever the fuck you want to mention. The sound quality, get the fuck out of here. And I got like a Toshiba. Is that a Toshiba dog? I think it's a Toshiba. Big boy TV. Matter of fact, let me check. I want to be specific. I'm proud of my electronics. A lot of bitches, like they're proud of their shoes and their bags. A lot of guys are proud of their technology. You know what I'm saying? A lot of us, we're just proud of the technology that we have, you know, what we're able to purchase. I want to see, just so I can verify. Yeah, I got a Toshiba, big boy, retarded size television. The clarity in the picture and the quality within basic things, within just a, whether we're talking about a basic YouTube video with high resolution settings, or we're talking about a video game. My TV has gaming mode, okay? And that's like some PC type shit. Where they advise you to only put this setting on if you're playing video games. We're talking above above and beyond um, looks and details, right? So this shit I'm proud of having. A lot of people, they get money, they buy other shit. A lot of the niggas are like women sometimes. They buy sneakers and clothing and they show those things off as prized possessions. Like anything that I wear on my body, I make it presentable, but at the same time, I don't... I don't give praise to the things on my body. At the same time, I don't necessarily put praise on the electronics that I'm ha- that I have. I'm just glad that I have it. You know, the video game collection that, like I talked about before, I had like 25 disc alone, just 25 disc. 
Call of Duties, World War II, Call of Duty, um, Infinite Warfare, Call of Duty, Advanced Warfare, Call of Duty, Ghost, nigga. We're talking Far Cry 5 on the fucking system. Not even the disc, it's on the system. We're talking about uh, Far Cry 3, which is on the system automatically, an old school piece that was remastered, allegedly, for the Xbox One. Um, Like I said, Far Cry 4 on disc. Far Cry New Dawn on disc, the continuation of the Far Cry series, leading up to Far Cry 6, which is coming soon. Um, what else did I have? Oh, Call of Duty Cold War, trash. I didn't even mention that game throughout the year, because the game sucked. It was so mediocre that it sucked. Call of Duty's, although they all been pretty mediocre, if you think about it, certain games... Like, Call of Duty games, we're talking about video games, that's right, Red Pill Party, nigga, men shit. With video games 2020, there was really a lack of polish. And I noticed a lot of games, when they came out, they were very buggy. And I'm not even going to talk about 2077, because me personally, I didn't look at that game as that terrible. I didn't look at it as that great either. And it's not because of the bugs, but the bugs... And I actually started to play the game again because by the time I started the game, there was another patch that was apparently um, downloadable that was supposed to fix a lot of the issues. And I played the first 15 minutes and I was pretty impressed. It was actually smooth gameplay. I remember playing it for the first time when I bought it, not that, that night actually, and it was pretty choppy. And it was really one of those moments where I was like, wow, um, you know, this is probably going to be pretty difficult to really get through, which throughout the gameplay, it kind of was, it wasn't necessarily something that I look back on and happy that I paid it. But with this, with this patch, unfortunately it's a little too late, but me, I actually enjoyed the gameplay more than the story, so I'm going to replay that. Um, Yeah, Cyberpunk, got that. Uh, What else do I have? I I had some other shit. I still got Wildlands, Ghost Recon. I had Point Breakdown or whatever. That shit was trash. Completely broken game. I have Just Cause 4. Which is an iffy game. Um, oh, Mafia. I got Mafia 1, the uh, Definitive Edition. Mafia 2, Definitive Edition. Mafia 3, Definitive Edition on disc. Mafia 1 and 2 is actually on the system. I bought it on the game store, downloaded it. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 got that. Downloaded that, bought that online. Um. There's still a lot of other games that I actually have. Oh, Fallout 4, of course. I have Fallout 4. I'm currently playing Doom via Game Pass with the Xbox. They have the Game Pass where they have certain decent games. I have Batman. I have Batman Arkham Arkham Knight, Batman fucking... All, all the Batman games. All three Batman games that came out, I have them remastered for the Xbox One. 
So I got all, I got a lot of fucking games, and um, I have a lot of systems, or I had a lot of systems in the past, previously, even in my childhood. Video games were a pretty decent part about growing up, and I believe during the time of 97 and 98, early 97, I received my first um, game system, my personal game system, and it was a Nintendo 64. And I remember at that time thinking that video games were in its prime. We were through the 2D dynamic of video games and we just reached a 3D or in this case um, it was a polygraphic I think they called it or a polygon type of 3D graphic that N64 used that at the time was pretty impressive I remember games like Mario 64 and uh, Star Fox and fucking GoldenEye and Wrestlemania 2000 and No Mercy and then the WCW games. There were a lot of titles for the N64. And like I said, at that time, I thought it was this was it. Then the PlayStation 1 came out and everything went apeshit. Then, of course, the advancement of PlayStation 2 blew out. Really, if you think about it, this is some nerd level talking we're talking about right now. Like the PlayStation was like the Sony PlayStation was the hitman of the N64 and Nintendo almost as a whole. Sony sort of defeated Nintendo. Both Japanese, I think, in origin. The developers and software design. Japanese. But PlayStation came and killed it. Then PlayStation 2 came out. which was explosive the sales of that con- of that console and to give you an example one of the biggest games that came out and one of the biggest selling games that came out on the PlayStation 2 was San Andreas or any Grand Theft Auto really copy at after I would say Grand Theft Auto 3 possibly were probably top 5 purchased throughout that time period and ultimately they say that San Andreas was the most purchased game on the PS2 then everything explodes everything keeps advancing and I feel even bringing back to the conversation at hand with the red pill it's that same advancement that always takes place when you you get used to or you get the idea of one thing something transpires then something else happens and you have to learn to adapt and if you're not about development you're not about adapting to your environments then you're not going to really stand a chance in the long run you know a lot of guys know about the survival aspect of our lifestyles and what we do we're always as men and more of a competitive spirit and women are more in a talkative spirit and the talkative women are the women who spread the gossip the women who spread the drama 
the women who talk behind each other's back, the women who stab each other in the back. And it's the same with the side of men, except it's a little uh, distorted. You know, men get easily criticized, so men are easily manipulated. When it comes to interactions and relationships, men are easily corrupted through dealing with low-hanging fruit. And men corrupt women, the soon-to-be thought, in the long run. So, these discussions and these weird, random conversations are what really is the glue to the manosphere, especially video games. A lot of people don't know, you know, video games and the purchase of video games are sky high now, of course, with the systems, but even before that, with the pandemic and how I looked at it, it was really a problem solver because, yeah, I, I liked going outside. It was getting colder, number one. The weather now is truly starting to show its winter uh, uh, winter temperatures because previously we've been having weird days. I remember a couple months ago and even a month past where it was 50 degrees out and people were walking around with fucking t-shirts and shit on now it's different even during you know May, June during the time when I bought the Xbox you know I didn't want to just you know I had the opportunity to get the system so I said fuck it and it's kind of funny because when the pandemic hit it, it was amazing because the purchases the purchase of items and purchase of merchandise and electronics and computers and laptops and tablets and cell phones and um, internet modems and internet providing took place so I, I was one of those people that was on the hunt myself I was like well fuck it you know let me look for you know Xbox One I had a 1200 I was grateful for it but I honestly didn't need it but I was glad I had it because I, I just bought miscellaneous shit and I knew I could do it because I had more money rolling in. And I had to go around every store. I remember this fucking hunt that I was on. I went to one Walmart, they didn't have it. I went to GameStops, they don't, they didn't even, they sold out. I think they said within two weeks of all their game systems when the pandemic hit. So PS4s were gone, Xbox Ones were gone, but I was looking for an Xbox One anyway. And I remember being at my old job and being on my phone, like, all right, like, where can I go? And I stumbled across Facebook Marketplace, and I was like, nah, I ain't going to do that. But I remember there was another Walmart, you know, that was still in the same area, but it was a little further down, a little further up north. So I was like, all right, fuck it. You know, went there just to see what was there, and I was surprised they had it. So I said, fuck it, I'll buy it, boom. And I said to myself, I was just about to buy the system, and I was like, oh, I need games. Bought like three or four games. Boom. All those games that I bought, by the way, were kind of ass. So, like, even, like, the technology today is advanced. There's certain things that the older mechanics and the older systems and consoles had that level of fun or excitement or that buzz when the game was coming out was more meaningful to it than today 
you'll see a trailer of a video game, and this is the games that I mentioned. Two of the games are a perfect example. So you got Call of Duty Cold War, and this was supposed to be one of those games that were going to be the best. And they had the trailers. They didn't have the gameplay. They, I think they, I didn't, I don't think they showed any gameplay, which was a, a good and bad thing. They showed a lot of uh, multiplayer, which nobody. And my age bracket, I would say, gives a fuck about. My age bracket, we play old school Call of Duty games for the campaign in a lot of cases. And if there's zombies, we'll play that. But this one was really dry. And um, Cyberpunk had two years or a year straight of 30 minute to 90 minute, hour and a half gameplay of a game that people were so invested in when they saw what the game was from the beginning. The problem was they didn't show the longevity of the game and how certain bugs took place and how certain things were unfixable. And then that game kind of got brought up as the most overrated game of 2020, which I would have to agree. Now, let me remind people what overrated is. I'm not saying it's a bad game. What I'm saying is the hype of the game overshadowed the actual video game itself. You know, it was no longer viewed as an exciting game once all of the bugs were shown and once people who honestly in most cases saved up and purchased the game half a year and months before the game even comes out pre-ordering they were the ones who were the ones who complained they were the ones who actually really bashed the game which understandably so but me in my situation I didn't really see it as that big of a deal meaning the game itself it does have sort of a style it does have a style within the animations in certain cases that I actually like like driving in that game starts off as a bit difficult but then you realize the certain things that you have to do you can't make sharp turns if your foot's on the gas you actually have to slow down you actually have to use your brake and you know to make perfect turns you use the emergency brake so it's kind of like that mechanic especially if you're in a motorcycle is actually one of the high points of the game and a lot of the vehicles are cool because it's a futuristic of course cyberpunk theme and you know the battles you know you're pulling out weapons good selection of weapons I think the glitchiness began for me with that was the actual weapons because in some cases you would pull out what you would assume to be a gun but it's just him holding air and then the gun animation or the gun design finally pops up a lot of weird glitches but our society <laughs> to end this conversation and to end this whole episode is going through its glitches our government is going through its glitches. So it's kind of like 
hand in hand in what's going on. The people who developed these games, they wanted a product because they told people that they would have a product by the end of the year. A lot of these people said that they would have the product in the middle of the year, around that time, and they weren't able to do so. And with the hype, people grow impatient, which could be a great thing if the product is finished. At least if the product is finished, people will give you an exclusive opinion of the entire game itself. If the game has glitches and the game crashes a lot, then it's sort of like, uh, we don't really know if we can even give a judgment for a game because we were never able to play it. It's never able to run through without the crashing. And I think our <laughs> economy, <laughs> I hate to say it, our society in a lot of ways is crashing. The divide continues between manosphere, red pill discussions, and the feminist narrative. They don't even, it's not even a discussion with feminism. It is an entire narrative that has essentially corrupted dating. So when women ask, why did all the good men leave the dating market? Why did the men begin going their own ways? Their answer would be feminism, their narrative. And the women who aren't feminists, let me remind people, I don't believe all women are feminists, but all women are damn sure capable of being feminists. And they're capable of influences via feminism. So if you have that exclusivity of that narrative of you deserve justice, you deserve rights, you deserve this, you deserve that, and you bring nothing to the table of value, and you look at that same value when it comes to men, there will be more men correcting what you are saying. That's just the result. Just like me, if I say something that's completely out of pocket and that makes no sense, then the women in a lot of cases will point me out, which is fair. Now, in their mind, they don't really care what's fair or not because if they do something that's idiotic, stupid, and have no meaning to it, and if a guy points it out, it means nothing. They're just misogynists. They're just bad men, which is fine. Guys like us are cool with that title. It doesn't mean nothing to us in the long run. We're able to brush that off of our shoulders and, and continue to push forward, but they're the ones who are stuck on the subject in the long run. They're stuck with the regret in the long run with a lot of promiscuous women who are molded and corrupted at the same time by the feminist narrative. They're able to take control of the man's, or they're able to take control of the woman's dependency, her dependency of fun, her dependency of excitement, without that responsibility of settling down or being with one guy. So her options are the streets. She chooses the street corner. She chooses the trap house. She chooses this. She chooses that materialism and and items over that true companionship. And she's told that that she can do that. She's told everything will be okay if she does it. 
And when she realizes in the long run that she has no partners or she has no real commitments or she never had commitments, she's only had sexual interactions, it hits her the hardest. Guys, like I said, we process it right away. That reality kicks in. We realize the, the women are, in a lot of cases in past terms, the women that we were with were not anything important to help us in the long run. It was actually a distraction. Nothing personal against the women, but it's really, it's really just the result of the man and his mistakes on interacting with those women. And see, that's the self-accountability. That's the red pill awareness that I try to spread within my my terms, uh, my scene, my space within the manosphere, or my space within the Red Pill Party podcast. So I, I kind of went everywhere in this conversation, which I honestly enjoy doing rather than particular subjects because I don't necessarily have the time to sit back, point out an article, go through A to Z and keep it pushing. This is more of just on the fly, Manosphere Monday, the men's discussions, you know, the video games, in a lot of cases, the alcohol, the booze, the pot, <laughs> the good old times, and the good times that still remain. But, um, yeah, I enjoy doing these episodes more than doing a particular topic. I like to talk here, there, but I always have a viewpoint or I always have something at the end of the road that is worth the travel. And I actually look at I actually look at this as a traveling process. I don't really participate in most of the common current events I don't really like to take the narrative of the common story about the common subject so on and so forth I actually sit back more and I'm actually able to process everything going on and when I speak on a subject it's mostly past tense meaning it's something that's transpired already Yet, it's something that's still happening. Something that's still making way. And my podcasts are always a work in progress. Although, I am constructing information on a platform such as a a podcast that is more free. There's more freedom. If I want to be on point with a subject, I can. If I want to curse and say, fuck everybody, I can say that. I don't typically curse as much. I do curse sometimes I find it necessary and a lot of people would think that the people who cuss a lot are the ones who cannot say better words or they say some stupid saying I find that to be opposite I find the people who cuss too much are the people who can't really construct words the people who cuss are the people who just so happen to be passionate or they have a drive and they have an attitude towards a topic and like I said it's it's a passionate um, vibeful attitude rather than talk monotone and be professional and all that stupid shit 
So we're just over the hour, man. I'm about to go back in here and finish this shift and go to fuck home. But this is Jersey Judah, Red Pill Party Podcast. You know, drive by on the fly. This is the whole, I think, over two hour, which I think is necessary. You know, to compensate Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but it is what it is. I catch you guys tomorrow with the Twilight Zone Tuesday episode of the Red Pill Party Podcast. Jersey Judah, signing out. Peace. Thank you.